So we've got American wannabe communists attempting to cancel a country music star for a song about protecting our own. And meanwhile, we've got whiny female soccer players getting kudos from those same communists for disrespecting our flag and national anthem. What a time to be alive. The show starts now. Jason Aldean is not backing down to the mob, and I love to see it. After a loser spent the better half of last week attacking him for his song and music video for Try That in a Small Town, Aldean took time out of his concert in Cincinnati over the weekend to let the world know exactly where he stands. It's been a long week, and I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff suggesting I'm this, suggesting I'm that. Here's one thing I feel. I feel like everybody's entitled to their opinion. You can think... You can, you can think something all you want to, it doesn't mean it's true, right? What I am is a proud American. I'm proud to be from here. I love our country. I want to see it restored to what it once was before all this started happening to us. I love my country, I love my family, and I will do anything to protect that. I can tell you that right now. Yes, Aldine's controversial song is topping the charts because Real America not only stands behind him, but also the message of the song. This song is the new anthem for pissed off America, and thank goodness Aldine had the guts to not only put it out, but stand behind it, even when the backlash and chorus of name-calling came down on him. So good for Aldine, but I gotta say, with the exception of a few artists like Cody Johnson, Jake Owen, Brantley Gilbert, I'm a little disappointed that the rest of country music, real country music, didn't come to his defense. Because imagine what a powerful statement it would make if mega artists like Luke Bryan or Luke Combs or Miranda Lambert would say something. That would send a message to country music radio and country music executives that they can't bully and bury artists like Al Dean or raise their middle fingers to his fans either. Now is the time. Take back country music and then take back America. Coming up, she's the powerhouse behind Gays Against Groomers, but for the last few weeks, she's been taking some serious fire from the good people of Megadonia after coming out as a supporter of Ron DeSantis. But I've got Jamie Mitchell, and she joins me next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
Three days before the midterm election, Trump decided to have a little meltdown and he went on an unhinged, unprovoked attack against DeSantis and hasn't stopped attacking him since. I believe that the cult of personality is so strong with Donald Trump that these lies and names and and slander that he's throwing at DeSantis is literally changing the minds of these people who once not very long ago loved DeSantis. And we're saying make America Florida. Mm hmm. And ever since that podcast went live, Jamie has been taking some serious hits from the right, the Trump right. She joins me now to set the record straight. All right, Jamie, so I agree with everything you said in that podcast, by the way, but I know because I have said some similar comments, uh, and I know that you are taking major heat from the Trumpers right now and have been for the last couple of weeks for those comments. So tell me what that's been like and what has been some of the reaction that you've received. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, Yeah, you know, I'm kind of used to the vitriol. I've been supporting DeSantis and kind of publicly off the Trump train since the COVID years. Uh, You know, when he started subsidizing his presidency to Fauci, who I did not vote for, (laughs) you know, and and that's who I got. So I've been taking the heat for a while from the uh, only Trump crowd. Um, But, you know, I think it just goes to show that they're scared. They they can't defend anything I'm saying. I mean, it's true. So they attack personally, which is kind of what leftists do. You know, that's what we've been used to from the left, from the rabid left. Um, and it's it's the same tactics that now the Trump right seems to be resorting to, especially on Twitter. Um, and it's unfortunate. It actually reminds me of back in 2015 and 2016 when I would take serious incoming from people who were never Trump because I was for Trump. So it reminds me a lot of that, and that's disappointing to me. But the other day I tweeted something kind of similar to what you just said there. I said, I feel like real Trump supporters, people that just love Trump and they want him to be reelected because they loved what he did for this country and because they believe that he's America first and he shined a light on forgotten America. I feel like those Trump supporters are so much different from Trump supporters on social media. Those Trump supporters to me seem aggressive, angry, and I don't really think that that's representative of the true Trump base. I think that's the Twitter Trumpers. And that's also frustrating me because I think that they're actually making Trump himself look bad. And some of that is undeserved from Donald Trump himself. So it's frustrating right now. But I I have to get your take because I know that you openly support Ron DeSantis. And, you know, the news for the last couple of weeks has been he's slipping. I believe in South Carolina, he slipped to number three at this point behind Nikki Haley, which is bizarre to me because she is the worst. But what do you think accounts for Ron DeSantis maybe not doing as well as you and I probably both thought he would be doing at this point in time? Well, I don't think that we can take polls too seriously. I mean, the polls at this point was showing, uh, you know, in 2008, they were showing Hillary beating um, beating Obama by by a huge amount. So this is still so early. I mean, the primary isn't over for like another year, maybe a little less. Uh, but um, I, I do think that the constant attacks are sticking um, from Team Trump. I mean, uh, and I want to point out, I totally agree with what you say about the Trump base. Um, I'm not speaking about all like 70 million plus voters and, and Americans when I when I criticize these people. But there is a rabid base on on Twitter, especially. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that DeSantis is going to continue to prove himself to be the best candidate that there is. Um, I think Nikki Haley is from South Carolina. Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. So that might explain that. 
there in that state. But again, I really don't think that we can take polls, um, you know, at face value right now, especially this early. No, I agree with you, but I do think that it's incredibly important for Ron DeSantis and his campaign to do well in Iowa, if not win Iowa, because if he doesn't win there, it's going to be a really challenging road for him to win the nomination. But you're right about that. I mean, the Trump team was very smart right out the gate to label Ron DeSantis a rhino and a globalist and elitist, all things that are unproven and untrue, but it really stuck to him. And so now all the people that love Trump, they used to love Ron DeSantis as well, but now because of what the Trump team has labeled him and really the light that they've cast on him, that has stuck to him. So I wonder what you think his strategy should be to shake that and get some of those Trump supporters to understand that he's probably our best bet if we want to win a general. Exactly. And that's the point. I mean, besides me supporting DeSantis, because I genuinely think he's the best candidate um, for our party and to move forward with, he is the only one that can beat Biden in a general. I think a lot of these, um, you know, Trump supporters that have become so, so hostile towards DeSantis recently, um, they're forgetting that there is another election after the primaries and it's the only one that matters. Um you know, my advice, if I were to give some, would be to highlight how Trump is actually the rhino and the establishment. I mean, he platforms, he hires, and he he campaigns for establishment candidates and elected officials. I mean, he pushed McCarthy. He pushed Ronna McDaniel. Um, the, the list goes on. I mean, he, you know, with Fauci and how he handled COVID. I mean, I, I think that they need to start drawing comparisons to how DeSantis actually led more America first and more populist than even Trump did in the end of his presidency. And, you know, the, the people he surrounds himself with ever since. I mean, Lindsey Graham was just at his campaign rally a few weeks ago. It's just insane. And this guy supposedly is going to drain the swamp. I just don't buy it. He didn't do it the first time. And uh, I, I, I do not believe for a second he would do it this time if given the chance. So I think that it's, it's also, for me, I love Donald Trump and I wish he was my president now. But I will say, my thing is, I don't think he can win a general election. And now we've got indictment one, indictment two, probably indictment three, maybe an indictment four. And all of these are going to be cascading legal challenges and legal battles that he's going to be fighting through the primary season, which unfortunately is probably going to bolster him within the Republican Party, but decimate him within the general public. So that to me is concerning that Republicans are not seeing that. And like you said, they're just seeing this primary with this tunnel vision, and they're not seeing that there are a lot of other Americans who didn't like Biden when they voted for him in 2020, but just hated Trump. And now they hate Trump more. So I don't know how we get out of this. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, I think that it's actually the Democrats that are playing 4D chess here now. Everybody used to say Trump did, but I don't really, that never really, uh, you know, amassed into anything. Um, but I think that they are playing 4D chess. Um, it's absolutely correct. I think that they're prosecuting him right now during the primary to bolster his numbers because they know that he could beat him, that the Dem that Biden or whoever they put up um, can beat Trump uh, and they can't beat DeSantis. So I think it's very strategic. And I think that Republicans, especially, you know, these only Trumpers are being played like a fiddle. Uh, and and as much as I hate the left, I mean, you got to give them props for their strategy and, and their tenacity because they have an agenda and they go after it in whatever way they can and to, to push it through. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you 100 percent with that. I completely agree. And we've got new polling of independence that's very interesting because it shows Trump losing to Biden narrowly and it shows 
Biden and DeSantis really neck and neck. Now there's margin of error here, of course, and I, I like you don't pay too much attention to polls, but I pay more attention to general election independent voter polls than I do polls within either party, because I think that it's independents that are gonna make or break this next election, so we better be listening to how they're feeling. And I think that independents are quite honest when they answer these pollsters, because I think that they really are a lot of times on the fence, will make their decision maybe later in the game. So I'm concerned about that. Next thing I wanna talk about a little bit is the First Lady of Florida, Casey DeSantis. You know, they've been coming at her viciously. The left, of course, as we'd expect, but also the right has come after her viciously. There are some, of course, on social media, the disgusting place that it is, saying that she faked cancer, calling her a Karen, mocking her, her clothing choices. And these are coming from people that are supposedly conservatives. But we know that she just started her Mamas for DeSantis. She's been on the campaign trail uh, solo in some occasions. What do you think of her? And are you impressed with what she's been able to do so far on behalf of her husband? Well, yeah, isn't that just disgusting? I mean, this is what I mean. They can't they can't attack DeSantis on policy and they can't defend Trump on policy, especially from the last few years in his uh, in office. And so they resort to these leftist attacks that we're used to seeing only from the left. Um, but now it's kind of spread onto our side as well. And it's very sad. I personally think Casey DeSantis is fantastic. Uh, I think she's a, a warrior, uh, you know, in more ways than one. I mean, she beat cancer, but also she's out there fighting. You know, the DeSantis family, they have three small children. So they really understand they they have a lot on the line here with the future of this country. And I think that that's amazing um, because it's very personal for them. Um, and, you know, me being the, the founder and president of Gays Against Groomers, this fight to protect children um, from the radical woke ideology that is destroying our youth uh, is incredibly important. And I, I think that this Mamas for DeSantis initiative is amazing. I think it's going to get a huge swell of support. Um, you know, we see other huge um, mom mom coalitions like Moms for Liberty. They're at over 120,000 members now. Uh, this is this is a voter voting block to take very seriously. Uh, you do not want to mess with a mama bear's cubs. And that is what's happening. And they're going to find out the hard way that that's not going to stand much longer. There's been some criticism, I think some of it might be slightly deserved, that Ron DeSantis might be going a little too far to the right when it comes to certain cultural wars. And I think that you're probably the best person for me to talk to about this because you represent you know, a huge cultural movement with gays against groomers. Do you think that he is at risk of maybe stepping a little too far to the right than alienating that general election base that he needs to have if he were to be our nominee and then be our presidential candidate? Do you think he should pull back a little bit on his culture wars or do you think he's right in line? No, I don't think he should. And just like Gays Against Groomers, you know, we go very, very hard. We call it what it is. We call it child sterilization and mutilation. Um, we call it the radical alphabet cult or alphabet mafia, because that's what these are. We have to start using real language. Um, we can't candy coat things and 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 cave to the language that the left uses. Um, this is a very serious issue. And, you know, Gays Against Groomers, uh, a lot of people like to say that we're a far right organization or just all conservatives. The truth is we're nonpartisan and we have support from all over the political aisle. I mean, I have the political spectrum, sorry. I have people with the hammer and sickle icon in their bios DMing Gays 
against groomers saying that it's gone too far and they totally agree with what we're doing and are thankful for us. So I think Ron DeSantis, you know, I I, I don't think he's going to lose people. I think that, you know, the media tries to tries to lie and say like what you saw with the don't say gay bill. I mean, anybody that's fooled by the media, you know, they're they're kind of a lost cause. But I think the majority of independents and moderates are on board with this message and protecting children, despite you know, leftists and progressive media uh, claiming that it's only the right that cares about this. No, I think you're right as well. I mean, there are certain things that I think he could dial back slightly, but I do think that winning parents and winning suburban women is going to be very, very important. And I think that he has that and he's going to grow that. So I think that he's got a good strategy. He just needs to break through the mess and the noise. And I think that he'll be on a good path. But, Jamie, thank you for always being so honest, so transparent, never backing down, and everything that you do with Gays Against Groomers. You guys are making some serious changes out there, and I know that you're going to take it from every angle, as I have for many years, but it means you're doing something right. So thanks for all you do. Thank you. I would feel like we weren't being effective enough if that wasn't a ca- the case. So, you know, happy to, happy to do it. Love thank it. you so much. I'll talk to you soon, Jamie. All right, up next, you've heard the DeSantis side of things, but now it's time for Team Trump to enter the chat. Article 3 Project founder Mike Davis joins me next. If they don't like Ron DeSanctimonious now, they won't like him any better six months from now with the start of primary season. The more people get to know him, the lower his polls are going. He's now in the mid-teens and falling fast. He will soon not be number two. Looks like it won't happen much longer, but uh, he deserves it because he's a very disloyal person. Make America great again. (laughs) All right. Donald Trump is way ahead in the race for the nomination, and at this rate, it looks like he will be the Republican candidate for 2024, but with another indictment likely on the way and possibly another on the way out of Georgia, the thing is far from over. Joining me now from the Trump side of things, Article 3 Project founder Mike Davis. All right, Mike, every time I I hear our former president speak, it does crack me up. I mean, it is, it is genius the way that he has formulated this campaign against Ron DeSantis and labeled him disloyal out the gate before he even announced. Um, Do you think that this is working? The polls wouldn't indicate that it is, but do you think that the Trump sabotage of DeSantis is going to stick? Look, I'm a big fan of Governor DeSantis. I think he's America's best governor. I just don't think it was his time in 2024 to run. And so I think uh, Governor DeSantis would serve himself well by uh, figuring out a way to gracefully get out of this race, strongly get behind President Trump, build goodwill among Trump supporters, and set himself up for a run in 2028. So I've heard this argument a lot, Mike, and I, I understand it. But for me, it's like if we lose in 2024, I don't see us winning in 2028 or ever again. And when I say we, I mean conservatives and Republicans. I think that if Biden or Gavin Newsom were to win in 2024, I think that the way our voting system is going to be messed with is going to have horrible repercussions for eternity to come. And I don't feel like a Republican will be able to get elected once they give 30 million illegal immigrants voting rights and amnesty. So that's my concern here is that while I would love to have Trump as my president again, I am very concerned that a general election is not going to go well for him because 
whether you believe in what happened in 2020 or not, the fact of the matter is he's not our president now because that election didn't go as planned. And I don't know what he's done from 2020 to 2023 and then 2024 to change the minds of people who voted for Biden in 2020. So you've got to explain to me why you think he can get there. I do think 2024 is a crucial election, and I agree with you. I think it's the end of our republic if Republicans don't win. And the reason for that is, is because there is a good chance the next president will uh, will will replace one or more Supreme Court justices. And if uh, if conservatives lose the Supreme Court, it's game over America. We're going to lose our God-given rights to speak, associate, worship, protect ourselves. There's no chance that a liberal Supreme Court will protect those rights. And that's why this election is so crucial. I do think Trump's going to win. And I said the, the same thing back in 2016 when my friends and family said I was crazy. But all you have to do is just get out to real America, get out to the real world. I'm from Iowa. When I go back to Iowa and talk to real people in the real world, they they like Trump. But I think that Trump's going to it's it's going to be a fight to win this next election and that's why it is so crucial. If Trump, if you if you concede that Trump's going to be the nominee, it's why it's so crucial for Republicans, conservatives, independents, even right-thinking Democrats to start to rally behind President Trump because this election is so critical for our country. I just have some concerns, though. I'm from South Dakota, so I get it. Most of my friends and family are staunch Trump supporters, and they are unmovable in their position of supporting Donald Trump. But I'm also very concerned when I look at places like Arizona, Wisconsin, Nevada, Michigan, Georgia, North Carolina. Very concerned that some of those states that are need-to-win states are not going to budge and they're not going to vote for Trump because, as we saw in the 2022 midterms, a lot of those states that Trump was backing candidates, you know, our candidate the conservative candidate lost. Now, I know that that can't be completely put on Trump's shoulders. Some of these were just bad candidates like Herschel Walker in Georgia. But I do have some concerns that he hasn't expanded his base. He's still got a base, and it's strong amongst Republicans. But has he expanded it enough in the last several years to overcome that wall that's going to be those need-to-win states? I think we've been seeing with President Trump, and I've actually been uh, very, very pleasantly surprised about this. He's been putting out a lot of substantive videos uh, from his campaign, and I think that's important. So you clearly know where he's going to stand. And I think at the end of the day, the American people will need to decide, do we want a Democrat or Republican president replacing Justice Thomas? Do we want to be in an endless war in Ukraine? Do we want an open border? And if it becomes a choice between Biden uh, or Newsom versus Trump, I think that Trump's going to win that argument. You think even amongst people that hate Trump and they think Trump's a crook and they still think he's a Russian agent and now he's been indicted twice, probably a third time on the way, do you think that those people who are sick of the circus and sick of the drama, do you think that even if they want a Republican in the White House, do you think that they will plug their nose and vote for Donald Trump realistically and honestly, and I'm not talking about Republicans, I'm talking about independents and Democrats that he maybe won in 2016. I don't know if he'll win Democrats, but I do think that he can get some right thinking independence just because they're seeing the state of our country now. We're, uh, Trump, you know, for better or for worse with Trump, he, bought, he brought us peace and prosperity until Democrats used COVID to destroy our economy. And if you look at the choice between do we want Joe Biden again or Gavin Newsom uh, with open borders and inflation and war and chaos? Or do we want 
someone who we who's 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 been tested, who's been in the White House before. We 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 know who he is. We like who he is, warts and all. So, and I understand that, and I think that he had a fantastic presidency, by the way. I mean, I was an early Trump supporter like you when everybody told me I was crazy. Everybody told me there's no way Trump could win. And I said, you know, this man has been underestimated. And I think that that was part of the key to his success in 2016 is that he was so underestimated by the left. They don't underestimate him anymore. Uh, And now they're really throwing everything that they can at him. And that is not his fault entirely and mostly It's not his fault that that happens to be the case. But I still have my concerns. And I'm wondering, honestly speaking, if Trump weren't in the picture, do you think that Ron DeSantis would have a better chance against Joe Biden than a Donald Trump? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, what what is appealing about Trump is people think of him as a strong leader. I think Governor DeSantis is a strong leader as well. And so I just don't know what the dynamics would be in that particular race. I do think that these indictments, these Democrats are bringing these indictments against Trump to try to take him out politically. And it's actually having the opposite effect. You're seeing people who are getting upset, real Americans and real America upset that, you know, a D.C. special counsel and a D.C. judge and a D.C. jury may decide the next election. That doesn't that doesn't sit well with the American people. And that's why I think we're starting to see a major rallying effect around President Trump, both with the Alvin Bragg indictment, which I think sealed the nomination for Trump. And I think Jack Smith's indictments of Trump, we're going to put them back into the White House. Amongst Republicans, I agree with you. But I also think that's strategic because I think that Democrats want to run against Trump. I think they very badly want to run against Trump. But do you think that the American people are sick of this rematch, that they've got, you know, 80-year-old Joe Biden, 80-something-year-old Donald Trump? Do you think that some Americans are saying, hey, listen, Let's scrap both of them. Let's bring in Gavin Newsom, even though he's repulsive, and Ron DeSantis, who's 44, and let's have a new generation from both political parties actually having a real competition here, not about indictments and shenanigans and pay-to-play and investigations, but just policy alone. Do you think that there is a part of the American public on both sides that deserves that kind of a matchup based on policy alone? I mean, I think the American people deserve whoever they pick to be the nominee. If it's if if uh, President Trump is the nominee and uh, President Biden's the nominee, then that's who the, the American people want. If they pick Governor Newsom, I'll, I'll gladly support Governor Newsom. I I think the American people get to decide elections, not D.C. prosecutors and not D.C. insiders. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. And we know that these indictments are all baloney and it's weaponized. And I agree with it wholeheartedly, but it's not me that they have to convince. I'm going to vote for Trump or DeSantis or the Republican. Either way, it's the general public that I'm very concerned about. And I hope that he can get over that hump. And I got to tell you, if he is our nominee, I will support him 120%. I will be there. I will fight the good fight. I just have some concerns and I'm worried that we're not going to be able to pivot to a general. So that is my, my biggest concern. But, you know, in speaking of what Donald Trump has been saying about Ron DeSantis, you know, it kind of goes both ways here. They both have gone after each other. I think it's a little heavier on the Trump versus DeSantis side. But do you think the things that Trump is saying about DeSantis, uh, do you think that that is going to damage DeSantis in the future, somebody that we really need leading our party for the future, even if it is 2028? No, I mean, I, th- I think Governor, like I said, Governor DeSantis is America's best governor. I I think he did an excellent job during COVID when all the other Republican governors were hiding under their beds uh, during COVID. I, I think so. He has a very bright future. He's only going to be 50 years old in 2028. He can still be 
the president in 2028, and I think he'd make an excellent president in 2028. I just don't think um, the Republican primary voters voters are ready for Ron DeSantis right now. Well, that's a fair assessment. And like I said, hey, if Trump is our nominee, I will go 100%. I think Ron DeSantis would have an easier road to the White House. But whatever the Republican voters decide is what we'll have, and we will fight the good fight, and we will fight it viciously. Thank you so much for coming on, talking a little Trump with me, and I'll have you back as primary season really kicks off, and we'll see how the polls turn out then. Thank you for having me. God bless. All right, up next, the Barbie movie debuted in theaters over the weekend, raking in a whopping $155 million, making the biggest debut of the year, and yes, beating Christopher Nolan's also highly anticipated Oppenheimer. Well, my final thoughts are next. The Barbie movie officially hit theaters over the weekend, and some of my fellow conservatives really have their panties in a twist over it. It's time for final thoughts. Oh, the Barbie movie. It's only been out for a few days at this point, but it's already crushing the box office, and apparently it's also really triggering some of my fellow conservatives, and I don't get it. The biggest criticism of this doll come to life blonde and pink extravaganza is that Ken and all the other male characters portrayed in the movie are dumb and weak and or sexist. Some of my fellow conservatives are pissed off about that and feel like this movie is anti-man or shines a bad light on men. Newsflash for you, no duh. It's a movie about a fictional doll living in a Barbie dreamland of pink glitter and high ponytails. Did you think this was a remake of Rocky? I mean, come on now. The outrage over this is a little much. You know, I get that some of you don't like the feminized character roles, the males in the movie, but for God's sakes, it's Barbie. This isn't new. I spent much of my childhood playing with Barbie dolls, and guess what? Ken didn't even have his male parts represented on his plastic physique, so I'm not really sure why some of y'all are so taken aback by this. The male characters, including and especially Ken, are a little soft and a little oblivious, and have you looked around at modern-day America lately? I hate to be the bearer of the bad yet completely obvious news, but a large majority of young men are, wait for it, a little soft and a little oblivious. And if you were relying on the Barbie movie to correct that or somehow override that perception, that's a lot to ask of a movie about a damn doll, folks. I'm all for fighting the culture war and for pushing back on some of the wokeness displayed in popular culture, but the faux outrage over this movie is not a good look and also kind of annoying. We've got a lot of battles to fight for the heart of this country, and I don't think picking this one is strategic or useful in the slightest. Bigger fish to fry here and getting our collective panties in a twist over this is silly. Furthermore, if you don't want your daughters or your wives to watch the Barbie movie because it's too woke, Y'all men better also boycott the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, definitely soccer and every other professional sporting event because they are all far more woke than the Barbie movie. I'm just saying. Those are my final thoughts. Be sure to watch all of our show and exclusive content on Outkick.com as well as our Outkick YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe. From Nashville, God bless and take care.